Hello, my buds, my pals, my friends, new friends, old friends, the wonderful people here at the Norwood Bed and Breakfast. Oh, my goodness, it has been such a delight to stay here. It is in Cambridge Narrows, New Brunswick, uh, where I am currently quarantining with my girlfriend. Uh, we arrived in New Brunswick about a week ago, so it's been a week of quarantine, which has... Um, been great. I mean, it's been pretty great so far. It's, we're on this beautiful land in this beautiful 1905 summer home that was built for an architect in St. John, New Brunswick. Uh, that was um, bought by the family in the 50s, and just recently they redid it all. It's beautiful. It's all so antique It's peaceful. It's quiet. There's two sheep here named Dill and Dot. They're so cute. We go snowshoeing on the property because you're not allowed to leave the property. We obviously go, we wear masks, but it's just us and the people who live in the back of the apartment who own this building um so it's been really lovely they've been so kind and so generous to us uh we've been watching a lot of tv uh you know playing a lot of music i've been watching lots of documentaries lots of music documentaries so it's been a lot of fun but of course it is another wednesday which means it's another week of the pod which means a new guest which means i'm very excited today because i've got my dear friend anna pornell is on the show she's incredible so funny it was so lovely to sit down and chat with her for uh, quite a while we just gabbed and and shoot the shit for for a long time and it was nice to see her and be able to chat with her for a while and you're going to love her if you don't already she's going to be one of the new hosts of the great canadian baking show on cbc uh, and she's all around just one of the funniest, most delightful humans, uh, and I can't wait for you to get to know her more, so I won't keep you very long, but I will say that, yes, I am in quarantine, um, and uh, I think this was the first day that I was like, oh, I'm feeling it, even though it isn't actually that long, but I, I did feel it because I, um, I broke a lamp. And by a lamp, I mean a bulb in the lamp uh, and cut my hand and then Jill cut her hand. It was a whole ordeal. And uh, I kind of felt like we were I was going insane a little bit today. Um, but that being said, I feel very safe and I'm very excited for another week to be able to sit down and like not sit down, but actually like hug my parents because it's weird coming here because we had to drop the pets off like socially distant so it was like put the cat on the thing and then so like throw the dog in the door and <laughs> so they're staying with my parents which has been really lovely and um i mean it's sad because we also miss the pets very much i i they, you don't realize how how what an impact your pets give you until they're not with you for a while i'm so very excited to see them and hug my parents as well it was weird seeing my parents and not being able to give them a hug uh, it's very strange it's a very strange feeling so everyone stay home and wear your masks so you know people can see their families again because that would be nice um but I, new brunswick the quarantine here is they're so smart they're doing a great job um, we had to register. We had to check in at the border. They call us uh, every day in an automatic voice call that we have to answer and fill out. Um, and uh, they've gone into orange because they have a number of more cases now, of course, as the rest of the world is seeing. Um, but they like lock it down. They shut it down. So uh, they're doing great. Um, and it's nice to be here, feel safer in the nice, fresh country air. Uh, so that's been very delightful. And you know what else is delightful? I don't want to keep you too long on this little intro because I want to get to my interview with Anne, which you'll see starts in the middle of a conversation because we just started talking and I didn't even find a chance to uh, start the pod correctly. So <laughs> you'll get that. So in joy, we talk a lot about Garth Brooks, BTS. We talk about comedy um, and we just have a good laugh. So check it out. And uh, we're going to go to our interview now. 
changed Anne Pornell. <laughs> Honestly, yes, it has. Pandemi has changed this brain. <laughs> we're I mean, so fucked. We're all fucked. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to us when we're allowed to see one another again? I don't know. It's going <sighs> to be not- it's going to be you know what I think it'll be like once the world it like say like in like a second they're like and it herd immunity we're fine everybody can go back to their regular business it's gonna be like what it was like when the raptors won the it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be people are gonna be hanging out of their cars <laughs> it's gonna be like the roaring 20s that's yeah. what i think it's going to be i think there will be Honestly, you know what? <laughs> Probably not because I'm sure civil war will begin down mm-hmm. below in the states. Yeah, we're not. We're going back to 1820. Yeah, we're going to 1812 actually yeah. for yeah. everybody. But I mean, the great thing about the War of 1812 is that Canada burns down the White House. Hey, we burned that down just like those insurrectionists almost tried to do. Mm-hmm. So were they just copying us? Yeah, they were trying to be cool like Canada. Uh, yeah, that's the reason. Uh, <laughs> cool. And that's why I'm putting it on social media, which is the fucking funniest mm-hmm. thing in the world to me. That these idiots just sold themselves down yep. the river. Boom. Dummies. So, so dumb. Wonderful. Well, hello, Anne. To see it. Hi, Trisha. <laughs> I'm absolutely going to start this podcast where I started recording because oh, it's boy. I don't even know where we started. <laughs> I don't know either. It'll just continue, but I felt like I needed to say hello. <laughs> Get it started because we'd go for hours without even realizing. Truly, we talked for a solid 20 minutes before recording and then we were like, what are we doing? What are we doing? We must talk. We must. Oh my gosh. But you are right, and They sold themselves out without realizing it. It's like they're all about... And, like, we're talking about, obviously, the people who stormed the Capitol just filming everything, taking pictures of everything. And it's like, isn't their whole conspiracy thing, like, the idea that the, the they don't want the government knowing their every move? <laughs> and yet here we are. And yet here we are. Like, it's like that woman who was like, well, we didn't do this, but we did steal this thing. And you're like, you just oh, admitted to yeah. a crime on TikTok. Are you stupid? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's the thing, right? In any group or any mob, you will have a diverse population. Mm-hmm. Some people are closer to the normal spectrum. Yeah. And then you've got like full-blown cuckoo bananas, folks with major issues. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle, you've just got the dum-dums. And yeah. that's, that's the sweet spot. That's the, sweet, that's the spot. sweet spot. That's where you laugh and be like, <laughs> things have been so hard for so long and they're not getting better. But <laughs> mm-hmm. I can certainly take a moment to laugh at this yes. dumb idiot. Mm-hmm. Isn't the guy who they're looking for, and I correct me if I'm wrong, I could have misread this, but didn't he ta- did he tase somebody to the point where they had a, but on his balls to the point where he had a heart attack? Okay, Trisha, I'm going to just clarify a little bit something Please. for you. You might want to take this out. It is a bit dark, but also funny. I might ask you to take that part out. But hey, basically, yeah. one of the one of the insurrectionists who did die, believe this or not, died because he tased himself in the nuts yeah. and had a heart attack and died. 
Oh my now. God. Is that fake news? I don't know, but I liked it so much that I don't want to look up if that's true or false. I'm happy well, to yeah. believe that that's true. <laughs> because also it's like, I mean, it, it sounds so plausible. Like that's, uh, the, that's the actual sad part is that you're like, it's like some jackass shit. Like I'm sure they did do it. They were like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm g- going to get into that capital no matter what. It's just that lack of pre-thought mm-hmm. and, and I think, which is, you, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's a problem that some folks have. They don't think ahead about the consequences of their actions. Yeah. Um, and I get it. They're probably all riled up, but also I've been sitting in my house for nine months, furious at the world. And I'm not storming any building, much less a government building. So yeah, it, yeah, I mean, that it's, I don't know. I, I get so, like, I was trying to watch the news. Like, you, we were texting that day, you and I and the, are she the people cast all about it. And it was like, watching the news for so long it get, can get so incredibly overwhelming that it's like, I can't do this all day, every day. I can't. Yeah, it feels like, it, that day felt like I was on Twitter, except I was only watching the news with the amount of, like, you know when you're doom scrolling and you're just you see things but you're not mm-hmm. really you're not um absorbing them because yeah. a you can't because it's far too much i that's what i felt like i was doing i just felt like i was watching things but it was in one ear out the other mm-hmm. and i couldn't and i wasn't emotionally invested which just is probably more upsetting because it means that I've just lost the capacity to care (laughs) right now. And I'm sure that will build back up because that's what humans should do and happens naturally. But like, I was so, I just sat there being like, huh, okay. Yeah, I think a lot of people did because I feel like most of us knew, like we were like, yeah, of course this was going to happen. Like we're not like, we saw it coming. Everyone saw it coming. We just didn't know when and where it would happen. But of course- I think that's too why it's like, and it's also like watching like the epitome of white privilege, white heteronormative male privilege, like on the steps of, of that Capitol building. And like, I couldn't find one image that wasn't of just white men. (laughs) Like the fact that like, uh, like, I don't, I don't think anyone should die, but you know, when you're doing something bad, so like to find out that the one the one person that died was a woman i was like she there were women there like what the like i had no idea it was it's like yeah it's this is a tough subject i don't know why we started with this hey (laughs) because we did (laughs) and that's a good enough reason that's a good enough reason trisha it's true. It's true. Well, Anne, let's get out of the dark for a little bit because I'm sure we'll make our way back there. Absolutely, uh, we will. <laughs> <laughs> as sure as sun rises and sets. <laughs> but you're looking great, Anne. Look at you. You look Thank good. you. I f- they, they, the listeners, can't see, but no. I'm all done because I filmed a bunch of TikToks. So. I know. I've been watching all of your TikToks. So I was going to talk about it. Are you loving it? How do you feel? I, I love your TikToks. I love it. And I hated TikTok for the first half of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I was because I was told that the algorithm of TikTok pushes hot, white, cis, skinny people. And mm-hmm. as soon as I heard that, I'm like, absolutely not. 
And then <laughs> I learned that that algorithm, you can train it and then it really becomes your own. And so mm-hmm. I found that my TikTok is chef's kiss. It's perfect. And everyone should be jealous that I see these TikToks, but it's basically like, thick stylish fat women being so hot with their cool fashions so it's very much like a plus size fashion tiktok meets bts because i'm obviously (laughs) so obsessed uh bts and like um just cooking hacks like food Mm -hmm. hacks Mm -hmm. and it's the best and now that i've like trained my algorithm to show me those things Oh, we're flying. We're we're oh, fucking. It's the best when you can train your algorithm because I've also like because I have been so into TikTok since the beginning of this pandemic. Like I got into it. I was like, I'm here for it. But I think it's because my my like for you page became everything that I liked. Mm. So it was like so like mine is like queer stuff and uh, p- dogs and cats and music and food and nature. Like it, that's what it is. The best part, and you'll probably find this too, is when sort of two or three of your interests that are very different from one another, when there's a TikTok that combines them all and you're like, this is, this is only for Ow. me. Somebody like, out there made this just for me. <laughs> just for me. Like during right now, like my favorite TikToker is, I forget what his name is, but he is this adorably fine, fine, I think Japanese chef, but he basically makes like um, omelets that are, you know, those, I don't know if you know them, but the ones that they cut in half and then they like ooze. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like a really popular Japanese, it's very like, uh, people love to take uh, Instagrams of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like the, he makes this egg, he makes rice and then an omelet and then like splits it open. But the mm. shape of rice that he puts the egg on is always like a Sanrio character or a little teddy bear. And so when he splits open the egg, it turns into a blanket around that little rice animal. And he's so hot. <laughs> and I'm just like, how did how did TikTok so quickly figure out all of the things that I'm into? Hot Asian men and food. <laughs> they nailed it. TikTok nailed it. Nailed. I love that so much. I, like, I I don't know about you, but I get on like TikTok like like rabbit holes all of the time. Like, oh I'm on yes. it for hours, hours, hours at a time, and I don't realize that I'm on there for hours. I go, oh my gosh, it's two thirty in the morning. <laughs> That's a lot, but yeah. Like, yeah, I'll go to bed at like 11 and I'll be on until like sometimes two in the morning. And I go, these are only 60 second videos. That means I watch so many. (laughs) And there's a million more where they came from. There's a million more. And it's It's only getting smarter. Like, that's what Mm -hmm. I love. Like it, it eliminates the things you have absolutely no interest in. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. And then it's just like, oh, you like that one? Well, here's, here's this. Here's this. I love it. It's I like conspiracy crazy. theory TikTok and no, Trisha, TikTok. No. Okay, <laughs> I like conspiracy theory TikTok only because I'm like, what? How do people come up with some of this stuff that I'm like, I don't like all the stuff about like Taylor Swift. I got onto a Taylor Swift conspiracy. Oh no, thing. what is it? Like, What's a Taylor Swift conspiracy? The big conspiracy. One of them. One of them. There's many, but one I of love, them is that obviously. her and Harry Styles ran somebody over like a, a <laughs> hit and run together and they've been slowly tell trying to tell the truth through their music no 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 
No, Trisha. No. I don't I don't want to know anymore. That's I, all I know. I don't I know regret that I asked. I hate that. Yeah, and then also in her folklore, she did like a folklore video or or a, a interview or something and in it all of her fans think that she did the domestic abuse like hand signal in it. And so Everyone oh. is like, she did it, which is like, you're supposed, I guess it's like your th- you put your thumb in and then cover it. Yeah. So yeah. she did that in a video where she's like talking and she does like, she does that and then she covers it later on. And it was like, I was like, maybe she did. I don't know. I was like, gosh, who knows? Maybe it's another Britney Spears situation. And she's like trapped in this. <laughs> like, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it's so. Not. It's because- people looking into it, but then after you get on that one, then you get people making fun of those videos, which is very yeah. fun. That's that okay. Like, okay. I'm back on. I'm back on board. <laughs> I'm back on board. That's so, so, so silly. I love it. I love it. But you're doing great stuff. I like the. I like that you're doing like a fashion TikTok because your fashion is so good. Thank you. And at first I was like, the one of the reasons why I kind of stayed away from TikTok was because we are creatives. This is our job. Like our job is literally mm-hmm. to be funny, entertaining, whether it be on screen, on stage or on paper. Mm-hmm. And TikTok to me was like, oh, you, you do all your funny things for free and for nothing. Because <laughs> this yeah. is the thing with TikTok. You could be, you could go viral on TikTok and have mm-hmm. zero followers. Because there's not a correlation with people liking your things and watching your things and then them following you. Mm-hmm. So it's not the same as TikTok yet. I'm sure it'll change. But I didn't want to have to put pressure upon myself to come up with the funniest thing or come up with even just a little joke or a blackout mm-hmm. or a bit. I was just like, I was burnt out before this pandemic and this yeah. pandemic showed me that I really was burnt out and it was months of not being creative because I just I mm-hmm. and I'm still not creative I don't I don't think I'm I don't think I'm close to even being the the comedy brain that I was this time mm-hmm. last year and that's fine because why I there's nothing to laugh at yeah. <laughs> there is nothing to laugh at it's really hard to find things that you can write jokes about anymore. Like it is yes. truly tough. And as satirist, because you know, Trisha, you mm-hmm. work at the second city. I work at the second city. Yep. It's our job. Our job is to look at what's happening in the news, in the now, find a take on it, make it funny. And I have been unable to do that for so long, mm-hmm. for so long. And I honestly feel like, the more high pressure this world gets, I find it more difficult to create satire because Mm -hmm. I just lose a little bit of hope that someone will get it and someone will see that comedy because I just think people are like, yeah, that is true. Like you hate that when you're at second city and you're, you're playing a villain in a scene and you, uh, and then someone's just like, yeah, they applaud at you. And you're like, no. And that happens so often. It's often. Often. all the time and you're like this scene is making fun of you and you don't understand you have no idea i know the last show i like the throwback time that we did when i played that like guy who was like hitting on natalie mm-hmm. the rewind scene. <clears throat> there were some nights where we would get done that scene and i was like they were on my side they didn't get it they were on the I wrong side like, of history <laughs> and, like you could tell and we would get off and i'd be like they they were with me 
Yeah. I and you hate it. the bad guy. You I hate did. yourself. You hate because you, because then you're like, as a comedian, you're like, I didn't do a good enough job of I being awful. And, I was and too I charming. Like, <laughs> I'm, oh, they saw themselves too much in me. And then you're like, oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. But, you're like, please, no, God, I hate it. I hate that feeling. It's, it's an awful feeling. And I feel like the more the world turns into that, the harder I, it is for me to make point of view comedy, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, that was kind of my bread and butter for yeah. three to four to five years. And because everything has sort of stopped and live mm-hmm. shows have stopped, um, not all work has shut down gratefully, but like, yes, I've, I've found that during this time, I've been reevaluating what it is that I want to do next in my career. I feel like mm-hmm. the, the one blessing of this pandemic is that I feel quite comfortable in having sort of closed that chapter in my life, like before pandemic, I, th- mm-hmm. I, it, it, that chapter is done. And that doesn't yeah. mean I'm going to obviously stop doing comedy or whatever it is that I'm <laughs> doing, but it does mean that I'm like, okay, I have to find, and I want to find a new thing to grow into and to help mm-hmm. define myself. Because I feel like we don't talk as comedians, we don't talk enough about sort of the the upward not even upward because it's not a matter of getting better or worse it's just Mm -hmm. changing yourself to adapt to your new perspectives to your new whatever and I feel like now that all I do is sit at home and look at all the pretty clothing that I've bought that no one can see (laughs) I'm like I want to wear this and I want people to see me wearing it and TikTok is the perfect Mm -hmm perfect perfect way of hap- of that happening like I do it on Instagram because that's just the bigger following frankly right. but like I I love that about TikTok that I don't have to create my own thing I can f- I have trends that I can follow along with and add my own unique point of view which I think is so it takes a lot of pressure off in terms of yeah. being creative a in a way that you want to be creative b that isn't like taking up your ideas and I you know as artists we shouldn't feel like we have a finite a finite amount of ideas but sometimes you do feel that way and you're like I don't want to give it up for fucking free on TikTok yeah it's true it's like I feel like I mean it's I, I love that point of view because I think it is important as comedians to sometimes realize that our our views on life are changing constantly as we get yeah. older as we grow as we even grow as as a comedian like as we mm-hmm. learn how to how to be better like I think about myself like you know 10 or 12 years ago probably, I guess 10 years ago when I would like would have started like doing improv and like how bad I was oh my and, god like, how like how <laughs> yes. like, char- charactery I was and how like my sketches were and then they didn't really have point of views. They were all character based and all very like, this is a funny bit, right? And what? then as you get older and you learn more, your views change. And so then it becomes more about being like, well, this is who I've grown into as an as a human being. And that's going to affect the way I write and the way I do comedy. But I do find uh, that... Ch- that we that even for me I'm like I it's hard to do like I can't do it right now like even when we when I was doing that talk show like we were talk about like a lot of the stuff we did what ended didn't end up being political because we were like there's not there's nothing really politically satirical enough to laugh at like you even watch like late night talk shows now and it's like you can make fun of Trump you can make fun of all these 
people in government and whatever, but it's it's the same thing over and over and over mm-hmm. again. So I yes. I like that. Yeah. And also like I feel like your TikTok is like you. It's like perfectly <laughs> you. I love that. Like, I do too. It's it's so funny because sometimes I find myself judging sort of the direction I would like to go into. Mm-hmm. Like as I watch more BTS <laughs> and yes, I've watched know. hundreds of mm-hmm. hours. Um, aside from the fact that they are so talented as singers, as dancers, as on stage live performers, they are like immensely talented. But the things that I watch of theirs are their variety shows and their reality shows mm. in which they just exist as themselves. And again, again, who knows? These could all be a huge act that they're doing for money. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. It's all manufactured. But in my pandemic brain, I'm going to believe that this is them (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I have to believe that there's just some nice, normal, grounded humans that are immensely brave. (laughs) But like, I just watch their reality shows and their variety shows where they do games. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. I don't want to be a reality show person. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. But like, if I can make a living off of being myself and just living my life in fun scenarios, mm-hmm. fuck, that would be my dream. That would be my absolute right? dream. And like halfway through comedy, every and you get this too, mm-hmm. um, we all get this as sketch comedians and stand-ups and improvisers. Everyone's like, are you going to audition for SNL? Are you, you, do you want to do Saturday Night Live? Oh my gosh, is this like Mad TV? And they have examples of sketch comedy that I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And as the years went on, I was like wanting to do that less and less and less. And then how do you have a career if that's not what you want to do? Mm-hmm. That being said, if somebody wants to give me that job, I'll take it. <laughs> and we'll take it. We'll, I'll take a job. Us, I'll take it. I'll take we'll, anything. Give me and Trisha, Lauren, are you listening? Lauren. Michael. You... <laughs> We're not going to say no Michaels. to a phone call. <laughs> or, or, le- or anything. Like send us a letter. I, I, I'll read it. Send us a fruit basket. <laughs> we can't leave our houses anymore. Give us a fruit basket. That's the least you could do, Lauren. You stopped <laughs> having Canadians on SNL, even though it started with all Canadians. All Canadians. You yourself, sir, are Canadian. Ugh. The best comedians come out of Canada. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, uh, see, that's uh. another frustrating thing. You're like, I could never see myself on that show. But when I watch variety shows like mm-hmm. and talk shows I'm like I can do that yep that's fun and that's also interesting and also I haven't seen myself in those positions and Trisha what I love so much about your uh, late night show quote unquote late night show <laughs> is that I haven't seen anyone like you do that either you know what I mean mm-hmm. and in this format and doing these things and so I think this pandemic has sort of made a lot of us Toronto comedians stop and be like what the fuck am I doing this for? Mm-hmm. And honestly, we should have had that fucking conversation five fucking years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, let's be honest. What are is, we doing here? What are we doing? It is yeah. that thing and where it's like, like doing that show, I, I kind of realized partway through this pandemic, I was like, I'm going to do a podcast because I love talking to people. I love having people talk at me. Like, not at me, mm. but like, let me listen <laughs> to them. <laughs> well, then I'm the perfect person. I'll talk at mm-hmm. anyone. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I mean, but I love that. I love listening to people and I love listening to per- their perspectives and then being able to like jump on board and like talk and have a conversation. And so I started the podcast and then I was like, well, I should do a talk show. I've always wanted to have like a, a variety, wanted it to be more of a variety show was what oh, I wanted. Cause like, sure, I loved yeah. like Carol Burnett and I loved all those like old, old timey, like I was watching a lot of Judy Garland, like specials and like those kind of like old like there's music and there's comedy and there's sit down talks and there's uh, there's something that's missing I find and I feel like late night tv quote unquote was that and then it shifted into this new more like news political political element which is fine I think but I think you can have both like I think Amber Ruffin's show is the closest it's sort of kind of leaning towards like they have a little bit more music and a little Mm -hmm. bit more that but I, I feel like we need more variety shows i think sure. it yes we need it and i think cbc if you're listening you need to give ann and i i am literally okay i've just been waiting for you to finish your very good point before i scream myself back into this conversation <laughs> to say trisha i would love to do a variety show of like this is what i didn't think about while watching bts uh mm-hmm. surprise surprise it's not just masturbating it is <laughs> It's that Canada does not, and North America mm-hmm. doesn't have that, that, the. Oh no. Oh, there she goes. Um, I lost you. I'm back. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, I think I started a point. You were like, that- Canada, Canada doesn't have. Yes. That. Okay. Yeah. So we'll take out the part of the British one because I don't know shit about British television, but Canada doesn't have that, but in Asia, like in the Philippines, absolutely. And Korea, absolutely. Because those are the two countries that I'm (laughs) watching a lot of TV from. (laughs) They have variety shows and they're not even called variety shows. They're sort of Mm -hmm. just these open-ended television programs that have hosts and that bring on guests. And sometimes they're normal people. And sometimes they're huge celebrities like BTS. Mm-hmm. And they'll sit and talk. And then they'll also do like games, like who does the best this and like will actually play. And it's so entertaining. And that's mm-hmm. what I love. And I, yep. if I love it, someone else must love it. And somebody else yep. must want to watch it. So yes, sure. let's you and I have our own variety show. Yes, let's do it. It'll, it'll be the, the Anne and Trisha hour. Oh my God. It would be so good. I, like, it would actually be so good. We're joking, we... but that would be such a fucking fun show. Like imagine just us shooting the shit and then having some normal people on. We'll shoot the shit with them too. Yeah. Having some celebs like BTS on. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. all I dream about. All yes. of my career goals are just trying to find ways where I could um, like um, sometimes, what is it? Like a satellite will follow mm-hmm. beside a comet to take pictures Yep. That's how I'm trying to line up my career is just to it. maybe, maybe interact with BTS. <laughs> well, Anne, we're going to make it happen. It's going to happen. I'm on board with this. I will, you know me, I will always work with you a thousand times over. I absolutely I, fully I, agree with you 100%. We talked, we talked a while ago, you and I, about having a travel show, which hey, that's obviously can't show. happen right now, but it CBC. will happen. Excuse me. Here's what's going to happen because uh, as things start to open up, travel, you, you don't think you need it. that countries and cities aren't going to beg for people to be like, hey, 
if you come and stay at our hotel and you talk about it a little bit, whether it's on Instagram or on TV, we'll let you stay here for free. That's absolutely going to happen. Mm-hmm. We just got to find those places. We have to find those so, places, put a package together. Anyone listening, if you want to do all of the hard work where <laughs> I can just swoop in at the last minute and look good on camera, I would muchly appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't mind helping out with the getting thing, getting the part. I can also, like, I think it should be just you and I in a car going across Canada with a camera or two and vlogging and, like, doing it that way. I think that would be so fun. It would be so fun. Carly, if you're listening, we're taking three weeks out of the summer to do this. Carly Baxter, our agent. Our agent. uh, But also, Carly, if you know somebody who's looking for some travel hosts, let us know. uh, We're also interested in being cast in those now. I'll send an email. I'll drop an email. You just provide me a plane ticket and I'll do anything. (laughs) Yeah, you got it, Anne. It will happen. We will make it it work. You travel, well, you travel so much. You've been traveling so much over the last few years. I did. And then Until late, the old Rona. So thanks for uh, bringing that up, Trish. Rona. Sorry, I'm sorry. I was going to talk about how your love of travel. <laughs> I loved it because I never got to do it. And I'm so grateful that I got two fucking years to do it. Like, mm-hmm. I traveled enough in those two years, really, to last a lifetime. A lot of people don't get to travel. And I think it's so... I consider myself so lucky to have gotten to do that, especially in these times. Like I real, mm-hmm. I really think about that a lot, how lucky I was yeah. um, because travel is expensive. It's hard. It's very much a privileged thing mm-hmm. um, in many senses of the world word. Um, and I can't wait to travel again. Yeah. Where were you? Because you right, like when the pandemic hit, you were in South Africa, right? I certainly was. I was in, <laughs> I was probably in the the furthest I could possibly be from home, and I was there with a bunch of other Toronto folks. Um, we were there for an improv festival, and when we left Toronto, everyone was saying that COVID was just like the flu because we <laughs> left that Sunday. We left March 8th or 9th, Mm -hmm. whatever that date is. And I remember constantly looking in the news and being like, what the fuck is coronavirus? Like, what is that? What is that? And then everyone's just like, oh, it's the flu. So we got on a plane and headed to Switzerland. Switzerland, we stopped there for 12 hours. We landed and everyone was like, oh, there's a lot of cases in Switzerland. And we're like, huh? What? It looks normal from here. We got on a plane, headed straight to fucking Cape Town. Cape Town, they took our temperatures. We were like, oh, there must they must be being proactive. Cool. And then we were there for th- four to five days. And with each day, it was like, no, it's okay. Mm, it's not so great. And then that Friday, Saturday was just like, yeah, I'll probably, because st- I was also supposed to go on a safari. Right. Um, myself, Ayaka, and uh, Ken, we were all going to go uh, to a different part of uh south africa we were actually gonna go to uh, zimbabwe that's yeah we were gonna go to victoria falls i had this whole trip planned out (laughs) the whole second half of my trip and then everyone was like uh we don't know this is scary Uh uh-oh this is bad and then it in the span of 12 hours it went from we'll keep you updated to come home right now Mm -hmm. you have to come home right now and even i um was the idiot on the trip being like 
it's fine. Don't worry about it, guys. We can. It's Canada. It's the states. We're in friggin' South Africa. We're far. We're fine. Yeah. And then we all booked our tickets Saturday at like four in the morning. Yeah. We had done a show. We had had a nice time. We had hung out. It was the final night of the improv festival. So, you know, it was like a night of hangs. And then we all got home and then hung out a little bit more. And then the text started coming in from back home. And then as soon as those ones came in, we were looking for plane tickets immediately. And uh, some of us were able to get on the Sunday. Some of us were able to get on on the Monday. I think I was the last person to board a plane. And um. I, as I arrived from my flight from Cape Town to London Heathrow, London Heathrow to Pearson International, mm-hmm. I had a choice. I could either take British Airlines and fly to London to Toronto, or I could take um, whatever South African Airways and go to New York and then Toronto. And just because it happened to be the first option, I mm-hmm. chose um, British Airways. And I'm so glad that I did because as soon as I landed in Heathrow, every single flight to the States was completely yeah. canceled. So if I had just made a different choice, I would have probably been stuck in London for whoever, for however That's knows crazy. how long. Uh, but like I truly might have gotten on one of the last few flights that was able to crossover at that point yeah that's wild what a trip like i remember you be i remember you all being there and we were all like come on please be safe like because also at that time even though numbers were quite low it's like that was like at the height of like people thinking it was gonna be like you know all those contagion movies Mm -hmm. and stars and like it it was it all happened so fast i remember being at second city and we were in process and it was like i remember because i'm such a panicky like health person so I was like I don't want to get sick I was really nervous and so I was on my phone like the whole time just like looking at my and I remember saying to the cast being like Broadway closed this is closed why are we still open (laughs) isn't that fucked and like did you think when that was happening that you would be talking to me on January 12th and there's more lockdown measures no no not at all because I I I was I was like, well, if it's this bad now, imagine what it'll be like if it gets worse. But apparently, how foolish were we? (laughs) No one cares. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. very foolish. Because like, it's insane that just on Thursday, so like, I guess today's Tuesday, so in two days, um, that that they're going back to those March those same ones but it took up until now which is insane because all of this started at the end of october when we were trying to open another show at second city that got shut down (laughs) like it's it is i don't know it's i i don't know if i could ever have said i think i'll live through a pandemic even though i thought i would like i think i thought i would but i think i i believed that it would be when i was older like i think i thought maybe in the next like 30 years there will Mm -hmm. be one I didn't think like I liked zombie movies, Love but I was all they weren't my favorite genre of the horror world. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, I don't need to see a single zombie movie ever again, because what happens is what happened now. Mm-hmm. We we truly this <laughs> we're fucked. We're we're <laughs> as bad as the worst of our kind. 
And as um, there are, and I don't want to discount all the good that is out there because Mm -hmm. frankly, that's what makes this fucking terrible life worth living (laughs) is those moments of joy. But now I know that as a human species, we're awful. Mm-hmm. we're yep. awful we, we treat each other badly because we only care about ourselves and mm-hmm. that's evolutionary on some to some degree but sort of the lack of empathy for others has really really shown itself in this pandemic and now we know what happens if something bad happens we turn on each other yeah we turn on each other very quickly very because quickly. it's hard it's hard to be good mm-hmm but we have to. I know. It's hard to be good, like, when you're in that survival mode. I mean, if you think about, like, I love zombie movies. I love apocalyptic movies. I always will. The the movie um, World War Z is too... um, I feel like that's how the zombie apocalypse would actually happen. It would be like a rabies situation. Have you seen World War Z? I have not. I've been told to read it, but here we are. Have not read it. (laughs) (laughs) It's been out for a while. The movie with Brad Pitt, very good. Listen, I have, I'm going to turn to you. See these books on my top shelf? Yes. Yep. Haven't read a single one. <laughs> I I buy books compulsively yep. and I never read them. Um, so I'll, I'll add it to the list, Trish. Okay, <laughs> if somebody great. wants to send me World, World War Z, World War Z, send me the book and I'll put it on my shelf. <laughs> I, 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 I do the same thing where I'll just buy books because I like a cover and it sounds good. And I go, I have the best intentions. I have the best intentions to read it. And then I don't. No, reading sucks. <laughs> reading sucks. It's hard. for losers. <laughs> for nerds. No, I, nerd. I, I read so much at the beginning of this pandemic. I probably read between March and like June, like five or six books. I was reading wow. like wild. And then I stopped because I started being creative again. Oh, the, I wish I did that. I, 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 my, my attention is shit. Like I've, I've lost it. I mm-hmm. am working hard actively to gain back my attention span, but yep. it's, it's gone as of right now. Same. Yeah. It's really hard to focus on many, th- anything like I'll, I'll even mm-hmm. sit down to like play guitar for a few minutes and then, I'll be distracted and be like, well, I got to get back on TikTok or (laughs) or I've become like obsessive over specific things. Like I have I've been wanting to get a hat for like a not a cowboy hat, but like a country style kind of like fedora ish flat brim hat. If you get a fedora, I'm allowed to get a fedora. Mm -hmm. Continue. It's not a, it's not necessarily a fedora, like, you know, like mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm, it's not a mm-hmm. cowboy hat, but it's not quite a fedora yet. It's called the Hunter style. It's yes. like Indiana Jones kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I've been looking for one, but I have been looking online for the last week at the same hats. You got to try them on Trish. Don't ever but buy how? a hat. I know you got to wait it out. You really got to wait it out. Hats are a tricky thing because I know. If the brim is too big, you look like a child. If the brim is too small, you look like your head is the size of a fucking car. Like you, you can't fuck. And hats are good. Hats are expensive. Oh yeah, the one I'm looking at is expensive, and I found it because this artist that I really like from Calgary wears one. We have a very similar face shape. Hmm. Similar. Looks like we have a similar head size. 
Um, and it looks good on, on, on them. So I, part of me was like, I think I could pull it off. Okay. That this is, you've, if you, that, if that is true, if you think, and if, you know, Jill or someone else agrees with you that you resemble this person in, ter- in terms of like dimensions of your head, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I would, I would buy a hat off of that alone. Yeah, the only thing is that she has long hair and I don't. Okay, so. huge difference, Trish. Huge difference. Without hair in front, like uh, uh, framing my face in a hat, when that happens, like when the hair is out, you'll everyone looks stunning. You could wear a fucking bowler hat and yeah. look cute in some lights. But when your hair is pushed back from your face, it's like an egg is wearing a hat. I know. <laughs> like, no matter what your face shape is, you an egg in a hat. But I don't know if I w- Anyway, I've just been obsessing over it. I get distracted by things. Or like, I was like, ah, I was looking at guitars and learning about guitars. And that, so I just look at the same guitars over and over and over again, going, which one? But then also with the guitars, I have to go play them. But I can't go play them because everything's closed. I know. You know what? Why don't you start off with like a cheap shit hat from Amazon? Not Amazon. We don't buy from Amazon, but from, you know what I mean? Good like catch, go to catch. fish.com or shit. I know. It was like fucking eBay. Who knows? Yeah. But get one to try out that way. Because honestly, even if it looks shitty, most people are only seeing you from a screen or from far away. So it's going to like, there's a bit of wiggle room. That's true. That's true. Uh, my mom told me that I have a fedora at my house. Uh, I hurt my parents' home that I forgot I had. It's blue oh and it's got feathers in it. No, nope. um, I need to see this. It's I felt. Assume. So as soon as I get there, I will. I will take a picture. I will show you. I think I got it when I was in high school because I thought it would be cool. Obviously, we've all bought fedoras in high school. I had a pink fedora in high school. This was a costume one, though, like real felt, like very nice. Are you going to show up looking like the fucking mask at the Copacabana? (laughs) No, no. Is that what this is? It's not that big. It's not that big. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I think I went through a big Frank Sinatra phase when I was in high school, and I was like, "This, I'm going to be cool. I feel like every single person has had a, f- a Frank Sinatra phase. Like, I had mm-hmm. one being like, if I listen to this, all the cool guys will think I'm cool, too. It's Meanwhile, true. I'm like, I don't really like him that much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he wasn't that great of a guy either. No, not, a, you know, if you like him, you like him. Not for me. Certainly, yeah. certainly for a phase, fine. But for a life, a fedora, come on. No, Jill. no, I'll never Friends. wear. No, 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 no. I'm talking like singer songwriter style hat. That's what I'm talking. Like, Trish, that's like- the same. <laughs> You're trying to make it better, but that's worse. Damn. I know. Oh my god. I've also like gone back to my country roots over this pandemic where I go oh. I want to I want to be Garth Brooks. Okay. <laughs> I love Garth Brooks more than anything. Honestly, that's the same thing with me and BTS. Like I want to be BTS. I want I want to dance and sing. I can't do either. So I'm fucked. <laughs> but I can I hope. just want to be a perf- like I love it. He's such a good entertainer. You could do a one-woman show, a one-person show, and then just play 
at the very least, Chris Gaines. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. We love the Chris very Gaines. Least. I, um, I don't think there's a year that goes by that I don't make a Chris Gaines reference or joke. I wrote two articles for Parton and Pearl about Chris Gaines. Oh my God, that's too many, Trish. Yeah, I've only <laughs> written three articles for Parton and Pearl and two of them have been about Chris Gaines. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> One about how I think that if he came back today, he would be more popular because I think no. Garth Brooks was on to something very funny because uh, I think it would have been like more mockumentary style if he came back today, I think, because he was playing a character that he was supposed to be playing in a movie. Like the whole it was a whole joke. It was a whole bit that because Garth Brooks wanted to be more like rock and roll R&B because he loved that style of music. So he created Chris Gaines because the country world didn't want Garth Brooks to do that. Sure, sure. I just need you to understand that you're describing Miley Cyrus and Hannah Montana. <laughs> so um, I... I absolutely but chris gaines was australian and a sex addict so more fun listen chris gaines walked so that hannah montana could run (laughs) it's so (laughs) it's so true very true i wonder if they came up with that idea being like hey you know what was something that would have done better now chris gaines but it should be a small girl but take out the sex addict thing. That was just a that weird choice weird. from Garth. Let's make her, yeah, because he's for sure, but he probably is a sex addict, maybe. Oh, hasn't he been married to Trisha Yearwood for like 35 years? No, they only got married in 2015. But they were together for so long prior to that. No, he was, he was married to a woman named Sandy Mall. I'll tell you all about it. Uh, he was married <laughs> to her. They met in his hometown in, uh, in Oklahoma, uh, and they kind of fell in love, moved to Nashville together, had kids. But when he became famous, so they were only married for like two or three years when he became famous, like, like massive, and it yeah. all happened so quickly overnight. And the one thing that's crazy, so Garth has known Trisha Yearwood for years, years and years and years. They did a demo tape together um, right before he became famous, and he met her, and this guy was like, we want you to do a demo tape uh, with this girl who's got this incredible voice. We think your voices would blend really well together. He said that he met her, and even she was like, the chemistry between them was like insane, like off the charts, but she had just gotten married. He had just gotten married, so they kind of were like, this can't happen. Uh, and but even Garth Brooks was like that day he was like I think I've met my wife even though he was already married and then years went by he became famous he brought her on tour with him Trisha Yearwood uh-huh. uh, because so she opened for him all on his tours and everything and then yeah they didn't get together until he divorced his wife in like 2000 and something do people know that you know this much about Garth Brooks <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I mean Honestly, I'm not- I watch everything about him. I just start, just realized last night that there was a Netflix documentary about him on, on Netflix, so I've been watching that. Oh, you're absolutely going to have a show where you play Garth. I like it. I like it. Keep it up. I would watch I don't it. Even, I don't even want to have a show where I play Garth Brooks. I want his career. I want to no, be no. an actual performer okay. named Trisha Black who s- plays music like he does and performs like he does. Okay, well, that is entirely different. <laughs> okay, Wait, did well, you think um, I wanted to have a show where I played Garth Brooks? Is that no, what you no, thought? no, no, no? But I just think, well, 
you know, I love you dearly, Trish. Mm-hmm. You're one of my nearest, one of my dearest. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hit me um, with the truth, Anne. At, th- at this point, mm-hmm. it's less likely that yeah. that will happen for you. You never know. It's not impossible. Absolutely, you never know. Uh, have it, you been it, practicing guitar every single day of this pandemic? No. Okay, then. <laughs> Oh, I was I was trying I was trying to help. Uh, you know you know what? It could still yeah. happen. Anything anything can happen, Anne, anything. because his career skyrocketed within a year. So yeah, I'm but, gonna. And that's the thing about what like our <laughs> careers. I know. Okay, this is. <laughs> I'm not gonna sound like a, I believe that you could be Garth Brooks. Yes, <laughs> I got but. You. And this is sort of ties back to what we were talking about earlier about we have to reevaluate what it is exactly mm-hmm. we want from this career because, you know, as we've all seen, mm-hmm. everything can go away in an instant. Yep. So why are we doing this? For who and for what? And if you still maintain that this is what you want to do, this is the life you want to lead, you have to believe that anything can happen. You have to have that that optimism that uh you know part of your brain where Mm -hmm. reality kicks in that's got to be permanently damaged (laughs) because it's so unlikely that we will all get the things that we want Mm -hmm. but you're not going to get them if you think you're not going to get them yeah you know what i mean like you're only going to get there if you think that could happen to me so why not you you know what it'll happen for you trish you will be the new garth brooks Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just a, a thing in my brain where I go, I think I've always, since I was a kid, I always thought I'd be a country singer. Like it was mm-hmm. something that I think I always wanted. And I don't know about you, but then I went into theater and I got theater and I got, I was big into musicals. And so I was like, well, I guess that is out of the way. And then I started doing dinner theaters and people were like, you should be a country singer. And I was like, well, maybe I should. And then I got into comedy. And mm-hmm. now comedy has taken over my life, my career, and it's not a bad thing. I love it. I love it so much. But I don't know if, how, if you feel this, but I constantly am like, what am what do I want to do more? Do I because you need to focus it, like it's hard sometimes because I love music so much and I love comedy, but then comedy is like the one thing that's like I'm being the bills, the bills. are being paid. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I love doing it, but then sometimes I'm like, but I would also love to just go away somewhere and write an album and see what happens and like work with other musicians. And so I don't know if, if you've ever felt that where you're like, I don't sometimes know what creative route I want to take. Absolutely. And I think it's so you're so fortunate to have that because I think a lot of us don't. And I don't know that I have another interest that I'm like, that takes me away from comedy or performance. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to have those things because then music becomes the thing you pour your heart into. When comedy becomes your work, you will still have this other mm-hmm. part of your life that could also easily become your job, but because it's not, you have like you have a different relationship with music. And I think you can you 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 can still use music and I bet you in a couple of months maybe a couple of years we'll have another conversation just like this one where you're like yeah I'm done with comedy and now I'm just like fully into music like <laughs> yeah I happen. am Garth Brooks I'll absolutely beard, <laughs> I'll buy that hat <laughs> it's a good he did have a really great hat I, I used to have that hat when I was a kid 
Really? I got to tell you, the one of the, the, the f- well, because I went to see the Rankin family when I was a kid a lot. My first real concert with like an actual like perform like a huge artist was Garth Brooks. Wow. And my, my parents and I drove into St. John, New Brunswick from our small village of that holds 500 people. Oh. And we went into St. John and it was at Harbor Front. So they took me to uh, the three mile. So the three mile was like the big bar in town. And they had this pre Garth Brooks like party where you could win a bunch of prizes. And then they drove you over to the concert and you went and watched the concert. Uh, so I did that. I won almost every prize. Oh, I was the that's only the kid. Yep, absolutely. Uh, that was the only way that no one was going to get mad about it. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. I won a cowboy hat. I won an album. I won a t-shirt. Like it was, and then I went and watched him. And, I, and I'll tell you, I think watching him changed so much. Like, and I know it's Garth Brooks and he's a bit weird, a bit off and like, whatever, but that man performs he performs like I, I, we were in the almost one of the last rows of the of the friggin whole place on the side and i still felt like he was performing for me and then <sighs> fast forward 20 years later after that he comes back because he went into retirement for a while because of the uh-huh. chris Gaines incident uh, <laughs> oh boy yeah Poor he went, well and because of his children he really he felt like he didn't know his kids so he like was like I'm gonna re- go into retirement so I can get to know my kids better, um, but then 20 years later I went to see him in Hamilton, Ontario, and it was the same thing. He comes out on stage. He played. He had a new album out, and he played one song from that album, and then and he then goes, the the, yeah, he goes. The rest of the night is for you, and I'm only playing the hits. Fuck yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, right. And he goes, Fuck yeah. And then at the end, his encore is he looks at signs in the audience of songs he hasn't played that night and plays like a verse and a chorus of them for people who are holding up signs. Oh, I love that. I love that. He's like, he's so passionate. And like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm also very passionate about him because I think a lot of times country music artists get like a, a rap for being like really religious. And like he is, he's very religious, Mm -hmm. but not in a way that's like, preaching at you it's like his music is his like church do you know like Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. it's like so like it's so wild to watch him and then he is weird and he's eccentric and he's like very he's a very emotional man yeah he's over the top and dramatic but anyway i went on a big garth brooks that's theatrical though sorry yeah this is no no no. but this has defined you as a performer like this does not surprise me to know all of this and it makes perfect sense it makes perfect sense. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, that it's so funny where we get our inspiration yes. from. Because you probably get asked, you, I know you get asked, who do you look up to? What comedians do you blah, blah, blah? Like, who, mm-hmm. who do you want to be like? And I always found myself so like, well, I don't really know because I wasn't, I'm going to out myself real bad here. I didn't really care that much about comedy. I don't know half the stand-ups. I don't watch the stand-ups. I don't even watch enough television. And I certainly don't watch the things I'm supposed to be watching. You know, like I'm not a Mulaney person. I, I'm not, um, I can't even, like, <laughs> I can't even name <laughs> other comedians. But it's but, you know, Like, it's you know, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, all the, uh, Maya Rudolph, all the people that we're supposed to look up to as comedians, they're not who I look up to the people that I look up to and that I would love to be are pop stars. Mm -hmm. Like I, it's such a weird thing because I'm like, that's the energy and that's the swagger I bring to the stage. Mm -hmm. I'm not, 
you do trying I, I like not not even trying I think I just always try to channel a pop star <laughs> and well, because I think the difference is is that entertainer aspect right like mm-hmm. there's a there's there is a difference and like I, like I don't I don't watch a lot of comedy either like I really don't like yeah, I, no, I, don't. I think it's because embarrassing. I same but I think too because we live it so much and we we breathe it in our own everyday work life that sometimes it's like I would rather put on like a uh, action-packed film so mm-hmm. I can do something different for a minute, but yeah. it, but I I love that that analogy of bringing that pop star energy because it is entertainer. Like yeah. I find, because the comedy like for some people can kind of like come naturally a little bit that finding that comedy. So I feel like bringing that that entertainer aspect. Like there are certain stand-ups that have that entertainer aspects and there's others that don't right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who are very funny and very talented and can tell very good jokes but they don't have that same no one wants to watch you (laughs) exactly yeah people want to watch me (laughs) (laughs) but they do and like you do i remember the first time i saw you the first time i saw you on second city stage and i remember being like this person is incredible like you're just the energy that you brought and also like you changed i think anyway from watching a lot of like second you changed the game especially especially for like second city in toronto right like you did like you brought a completely different point of view to that stage that nobody had done before so it was like nice to be like oh there's somebody who's going through something that i've gone through or like you know it's just and you brought also like that idea of being like I'm not fucking afraid of you. Like, fuck you, fuck you audience a little bit. Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to show you like what you should, but that's the whole point of comedy too, is like not teaching the audience, but like showing them a different perspective so that they can then empathize and be like, Oh, I didn't know that thing. Now I know. Now I see it from this perspective because they put it in a way that I can understand, which is comedy and laughter. Oh, I never thought of it that way. Thank you. I really <laughs> makes me feel better because I'm constantly like, am I a comedian? What am I? You know what I mean? Because I look around at our peers and we have so many friends who are such comedy nerds. Like they know it all. And I'm so jealous of the knowledge and of the patience they have and of the the drive to want to be someone who's encyclopedia, like an encyclopedia for comedy. Yeah. I love that. Like, I think that's so cool, but that's also just, that is not me. And again, to go back to the point of having to reinvent yourself, I feel like, and Trish, I don't Mm -hmm. think you're that far behind me in this sort of journey, but I'm at that point and I was at that point of like, people think I'm this. Mm -hmm. Is that who I am? Should I keep, first of all, second of all, should I keep doing that? Third of all, do I want to do that? Mm -hmm. And I feel like in comedy sometimes we get stuck because we think of funny as a punchline. We think of funny as a bit. We think of funny as a character. And they are absolutely all those things. Mm -hmm. But what gets lost is like, you can have all of those things, but sometimes you're you're either... (laughs) this is so fucking mean. <laughs> You're not interesting. Mm-hmm. You can have all of this knowledge. You can know the entirety of Steve Martin's career. You can have all of that in your brain, but it doesn't make you interesting. 
And that, yeah. like, if I don't know anything, and I don't, I know jack shit about <laughs> anything, at least I just open my mouth and someone's like, ha what a loser. <laughs> I'll, I'll laugh at her. And honestly, that's enough for me for now. <laughs> but I mean, but I, <laughs> this but I mean, chick, what is she doing? What's, this, what's she fucking saying? What's she what fucking she, saying? She's, uh, like, off, she's got so many underwear on. <laughs> oh my God, this Muppet? What is she screaming about now? <laughs> I mean, that Karen Parker called me a living Muppet on stage and it got quoted by Glenn Sumi in Now Magazine. So <laughs> as if, as if it was like... <laughs> part well, of the show and i i mean i put it on my website it's a quote that's there honestly, forever now best pull quote the Truly, only pull quote that matters only a living muppet <laughs> <laughs> like oh my god that's our job sometimes but you it know is. and i think but i, I don't, don't think there's I anything think. i don't think there's anything wrong with maybe not being like the most versed in like it's i don't know because for me too sometimes comedy is like I often say I'm an actor before anything else. So I say I'm an entertainer. I'm an entertainer. That's yeah. what I do. And I love yeah. doing it. Like, do I think I'm the best comedy writer in the world? Absolutely not. Do I I'm think I can certainly come up not. With, yeah. Do I think <laughs> I can come up with decent ideas? For sure. But that also stems, I think, from coming from a theater background and like watching things and, and mm. observing things. Um, now there's other people who are brilliant comedy writers who I just like I watch and I, they write things and I go, how? How mm -hmm. did you do that? Where mm -hmm. in your brain are you using? Like, yeah, but then, can but I? Then, <laughs> but the, can I do that? But then again, yeah. like, music comes more naturally to me. So it's like, I feel like we all have our strengths in certain things. And that's what I love about, like, you know, about doing, like, an ensemble show like a Second City show mm -hmm. is that everybody has, and I was very lucky for my last two shows to have incredible cast members who were very collaborative and who were very much, like, we wanted to work together to have the best experience we could. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not always the case, especially nope. in performing arts and in comedy. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, you can get a lot of people who, you know, it's just sometimes it sucks. Uh, yes. But I was lucky <laughs> and I felt like we all brought our own skills to the table that um, that show. And I think that's so important in comedy because I think we often forget that we're not all the same. We're not all going to have the exact same likes in, in comedy like. Mm -hmm. I, like I, I don't like a, like I mean I have such a um, uh, respect for stand-up comedians because they can write a a setup and a punchline, which is something that I don't really do very well. So I have such a respect, but I'm not like a big watcher of stand-up. Like mm -hmm. certain stand-up yeah. I like, but I'm not like I don't go to sit down and watch stand-up. I guess. Yeah. Like absolutely. And it's funny that like. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here when I say all of us comedians sort of compare one another to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when you are lucky enough, like you, like me, to be surrounded with some of the funniest fucking mm -hmm. people, like just even in our friend group, yeah. <laughs> um, never mind Toronto, um, even within our friend group, we know some of the most comic, comedically brilliant folks. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to not be like, Ugh, why I, I can't write that I don't mm -hmm. I don't or I can't do this or I can't do that I could never do a character like that and how we'd rather I would rather focus on the things that I can't do or that I wish I could do yep. but I don't rather than like well what do I bring to the table mm -hmm. 
because I'll bring energy. Uh, you write a joke, but I'll get the audience to fucking clap along. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Someone's got to do it. <laughs> it's true. I've always, I've, I feel like you and I are very similar in terms of our like perform, not like we're very different comedians, but our like that idea of being like more of an entertainer. Like I feel like I, like we could get handed a script and I'd be like, okay, cool. I know how to make the audience just like, enjoy, like enjoy this, even though it's a very funny written joke too, but it's like, you can, yeah. So like, it was cr like crazy that you say that too, because when I was doing the talk show, and I was like, okay, who do I want on board? And I like was getting the team together and then getting like people on the show to like be guests. And I was like, oh my God, we know so many talented people. Yeah. And like it was hard yeah. for me to pick people who I wanted because I also like obviously like diversity was a huge thing. So like it, musician wise anyway, I had to reach out to people I didn't know, which also proves to me that I need to also venture out into my musical tastes as well uh, to, to meet new people in, in that world. But which I did doing the show just by reaching out to people mm -hmm. like, you know, Aisanabe was is like one of the most incredible uh, musicians in Toronto he's an indigenous musician and it was like I wouldn't have met him if I hadn't just reached out right mm -hmm. and so but like thinking that like you're like holy crap I know so many talented people it's insane it's wild we're so lucky we're so lucky, we're so lucky. and yes. it's a great thing to have those people to compare yourself to like I love that I as much as I'm like oh I'm not I'm also like that's awesome I yep. love I love that we get to be surrounded by that because it mm -hmm. pushes me yep and if that's pushing me I'm sure I'm pushing someone else and I think yep. that's where we all get better is mm -hmm. when it's not a matter of like I want to be better than you it's just I want to be better like you yep Exactly. And I, th I think that's uh, I, I, I think that's something we also have also sorry, I'm stuttering, but also <laughs> have to <laughs> uh, is remember, too, is like, you know, we are going to compare ourselves to each other. It's what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, like you have to kind of set that aside a little bit and remember that we're not all the same. We all don't bring the same skills. And that's the benefit of knowing people and being like, OK, well, like you know, I'm not a great writer, but I know like Natalie Metcalf is a phenomenal writer. So mm -hmm. I know I'm going to be mm -hmm. like, Hey, can you mm -hmm. help me write this thing? Or like, I know that I'm good at these things, but like, you know, Tom Hearn is a better at pro like producing shows. So I'm like, can you help me do this? Like, I don't mm -hmm. know. It's just so nice. It's just nice. I don't know. I like all of our friends. <laughs> I do too. I love our community and I mm -hmm. miss our community so much. Too, yeah. Like I love my friends, but I'm sick of seeing their fucking faces on zoom. <laughs> It's true. It's true. I, I say this on almost every podcast uh, that the one thing I miss the most is just being at a bar and running into somebody Absolutely. and it being like you forget like you're like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you in so long. Let's sit and have a beer and chat like we are friends. I forgot. We're I friends. Forgot. <laughs> yeah. forgot we're good acquaintances. We know each other. Well, this is nice. Yeah. Oh my God, we could sit for an hour and have the funniest conversation and then go home and forget about it. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yes. Fully. I, nice? It is. It's so nice to talk to different people. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think I've spoken to like 30 people since March. Yeah. <laughs> and the, I know. the same 30 people. <laughs> yep. The same, the same amount of people. I haven't seen anybody really like, like I, it is, it is upsetting. And I it feel is. like, 
I feel like, Anne, we've talked for so long, but we haven't even breached butts or Bridgerton. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Bridgerton. Yum, yum, sir. You know? Like, that's yes. it. Yeah, that's sir. it. Yum, yum. Yum, yum. Yum, I, yum. Lady Whistledown. Oh, Lady, I love that this is just Gossip Girl. Yep. It's. But in Victorian times. <laughs> I'll take it. You know why? Because we haven't seen those fashions in a bit in mm-hmm. the context of hot young people. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> I love it. I, it's so easy. Like that show was not difficult in any way. And fuck, I, I respect it so much because of it. Yep. I don't want to go on twists. I don't want to go on turns. I'm vulnerable i'm very (laughs) soft i want to have the conflict be the only conflict and you must solve it by the end of this episode otherwise tell me now tell me now i don't care and bridgerton does the best way best everything wraps up so nicely beautiful thank you thank you shonda thank you thank you so good I don't even know that I need season two. <laughs> <laughs> I because mean, it fair. just wrapped itself up. It did. I love and a show that does that. It was very nice, and I did enjoy it. And I, I liked all of the music. I liked all of the costumes. I liked uh, the casting. It, it was great. I, I love the accents. They're great. I don't. I, I, although Jill and I in our house now just we uh, greet each other by being like Bridgerton, Bridgerton, Bridgerton. <laughs> wonderful wonderful favorite thing okay so we talked about bridgerton what about butts are you still into them um here's what's going on i've started my of course i'll never not love a butt um i'm really obsessed with bts's butts right now Mm -hmm. but they don't really show them off because they're chaste little boys they are men they are full full grown adult (laughs) men i just need to make that clear and i also (laughs) want to make clear to everyone that when I watch BTS, I stop myself uh, because I don't want to watch them when they're teenage boys. So mm-hmm. let's let's just make that very clear. Good. You only watch you watch them in their adulthood. I can only watch up until 2017, 2016. And honestly, that's okay. when they hit their groove. So fine, whatever. But like they started in 2013. No, oh, you know what? 2015, 2016, I'll allow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I will, but I will honestly sit there with my arms crossed <laughs> to remind myself. And one of them is 16 years old. Two of them are 17 years old. One of them is 18 years old. Only one of them is 21. So calm yourself, please. Calm yourself. Calm. That's so funny. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't, um, I don't know them that well. So I have to listen to them now. Here, there's so many things. Mm -hmm. Can I pitch to you? Please pitch it all. And I'm going to pitch it to anyone listening. If anyone is interested in BTS, know that you can come to me and I will accept any form of communication that is about (laughs) BTS. I have three friends who I only like, who also like BTS as much as me, some more. And I'm so lucky to have found that. Um, But like, if you want to be like, hey, who's this? I'll answer your question. I'll answer, and I'll okay. I'll give you too much of an explanation, like I'm about to give you now. Okay, the beauty of BTS <laughs> is that they got something for everybody. Okay, everyone can enjoy them. You like music? Guess what? Stunning pop music. 
some of the best pop music. K-pop, I think as a genre, gets overlooked because we live in the Western world. But in terms of like good pop music, they've been coming at, like they've been churning out the hits for a long time. And Mm -hmm. it's sad that we don't have as much access to it. Mm -hmm. So if you're a music fan, perfect pop music. If you like fashion, oh my God. (laughs) They are dressed impeccably, impeccably. And it's just these like wee, handsome Korean men. And that's another thing. If you like good looking folks, BTS, they're all, all of them. There's not one ugly one. They're all hot in their own ways. And there's, what I so love the no, most. There's no AJ. No, or not AJ, sorry. Me. Sorry, I Howie. got wrong. I was saying Howie. I there's Howie. no Howie. Or Kevin. <laughs> I was a big AJ and Kevin fan, so I don't accept Fair. that. Howie. Howie's supposed to be the lead singer of the Backstreet Boys. Hmm. Well, Howie had a twitch, so. Did you notice he always had a twitch in one no. of his eyes? Yeah, that's what I noticed <laughs> as a teenager. And Brian had a hole in his heart. Hole in his heart and hole in his head. That guy's a pure Trumper, so. Oh, no. Yeah, he's a Trump supporter. He also, he went, he became a Christian country singer after the Backstreet Boys, so that makes sense. Yeah, and it's not great because he fucked up his voice and his voice is forever damaged, but yep. mm, I guess you can pray to the Lord, Brian. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, <laughs> my first, like, loving BTS has brought me back to how I felt when I was obsessed with Backstreet Boys. And it's a good feeling to have during pandemic when things suck and things are bad it's so comfort they're like a blanket that i want to i want them to sit on my face (laughs) no seriously seriously they're all face blanket (laughs) like a weighted but you know what get it from ebay get it from korea sit on my face um they're so handsome and what i love is that like my my (laughs) i'm really trying to get out of this fast my uh ideals of uh men like uh of partners of people who i find attractive they've typically been very like macho very like Mm -hmm. scruffy very muscular and not even muscular just a bit like Mm -hmm. you love someone with meat on their bones thick thick i love a thick boy but these men are the complete opposite they are (laughs) Honestly, I must weigh as much as four of them combined. <laughs> They're tiny, 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 tiny. Not Very only tiny. I, like sure, I'm I'm convinced that one of them is my height. I think one of them might be my height, if not a little taller. And I'm five three, so that's little. That's little. So they my height. Exactly, little like us. And also, he weighs ninety pounds. He's tiny. Anyways. Wow. I love that in getting to know them and their music and their hot visuals, my ideas, my ideas and my ideals of beauty have really expanded. Like I never really was into sort of the more um, skinny, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not into skinny, but they're also skinny. And not only mm-hmm. they're like tiny, tiny, but they're so like, there's a lot of, um, gender bending not mm-hmm. that they specifically do because korea is very homophobic yes but they are pretty they're so pretty and they wear makeup and they wear clothing that is very like oh i would wear that it's mm-hmm. quite 
fun and it's an interesting develop in my own mind of like, oh, my tastes are opening up and that's important. I think we all have to reevaluate what we find as attractive because guess what? What we find as attractive is usually based off of what society tells us is attractive. And so in my very privileged life, I was always told like, no, I love white boys. I don't know that that's true. (laughs) That was just what was available to me. And honestly, they've been shit so far. So Mm -hmm. now we're opening up to the Asian men's. But that being said, they're so beautifully dressed and they're so hot and they're so good at dancing. Yes, they are. And they're just sweet boys. So if you like, you just want calming television, you can watch one of their thousands of TV shows where they just hang out and cook things and play games with each other. It's so soothing. Anyways, please, someone get into BTS because I need more people to talk to about this. Okay, I'll do. I'll try. I'll try my best to get really into them. But you have to listen to Garth Brooks. <laughs> uh oh, uh, I lost her. <laughs> <laughs> um, some okay. of his music is very good. You give me an album, and I'll give you an album. How okay, about that? I love that. I love that. Yes. Amazing. Okay. Great. Okay. Perfect. Great. Okay. Do, do not want- cut this ten-minute speech about BTS out of this podcast. <laughs> Oh, it's in forever because I'm not going to cut my thing about Garth Brooks. I want the world to know now that I, I, I am not embarrassed anymore. I'm not embarrassed about BTS and I should Good. be. I'm 36. Nah, no. I know. No, They're we so all love perfect. what we love. It's fine. We do. And you know what? <sighs> Let's just learn more about BTS so I can be happier. <laughs> okay, yes. I'll learn more about BTS so you can be happier. I promise. Thank you. I will listen. I will listen. I will learn. I will research. I need things to do. So this sounds like a good thing to do. I'm teaching myself Korean because of them. Like well, that's that's how that's how deep I'm in. And I'm doing the same with Garth Brooks. I'm teaching myself Southern. <laughs> <sighs> well, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. You got to have a lot more racist terms than Trish. I know. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing about Garth Brooks and that I've, I'll say one last thing. He has always, always been about bringing people together. Like I think he is. Same with BTS. I think he's like, like he, he on his like third, I think his fourth album came out with a song called We Shall Be Free that a woman wrote that he like, I think helped write as well, but it's like, it's literally about like, like when, you know, when we stop judging people by the color of their skin, when we can love whoever we want to love. Like one of the lines is when we can all like basically pray from our own separate pew. Like the idea of like him being like, then we will be free when we can kind of like get mm-hmm. over all of this. So I don't know. I think maybe I appreciate him in that sense, too, because I think he. Yeah. So anyway. And for a country artist, that's a big message. Like that is, Huge. that's not an easy statement to make if you are deep in country music. It's not. Mm-hmm. That's a political statement. Yeah. I mean, look what happened to poor Dixie Chicks. I mean, they're also women. That's why they well, got, they got ripped to shreds. But, uh, and also yeah. I feel like their generation was the time when like that, the like that, that side of South, the South has always been there, but I felt like more in the like, early 2000s with George W. Bush it really that like the 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 racist white suppress like what are they the fucking boys proud, <laughs> proud boys proud boys whatever the fuck they are the they're they started coming out of the woodwork a bit more I think 
They they hid a little uh, bit, but you know why? Because of nine eleven. Yeah. They all were like, oh, we're allowed to be racist out loud now. Here That's we go. It. You're right. And you're like, no. No, I you're know. You're all idiots. Uh, yeah. And it's, uh, uh, you know what, it's a we, cycle. It's a, it's a cycle. We know history repeats itself. It constantly is. We're always, when we get ahead four feet, we get, we go back another three and, and it's then awful. it's awful. It's bad. It's not great. And it sucks. And, but I think we're going in a good direction. Hopefully. Hmm, do you? Okay. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know, but I don't know either. I, I don't, uh, I think that generationally, I think we are in terms of generationally. I, I hope that's the I optimist hope. in me is that I hope that, you know, a young, the younger generation, I think seems to be a little bit more open than the generation above us, uh, two above us. Yeah, I hope. I don't know. But who knows? I, who I would knows? love to You're agree right. with you, but I think that's just I, the optimist in me. But I don't. I don't know. Who fucking knows? Yeah. I don't uh, know. And do you want to do a, a lightning round question thing we do on the I show? Would love to. Yes. Okay. <laughs> the first question is: What is your biggest party fail? Like you were at a party. Oh, I, I fell asleep at my own birthday because I got too drunk at the pre-party and then people tied balloons to my wrists and my ankles. So when I woke up again, I regained consciousness. <laughs> I tried to go to the bathroom and was trapped outside of it because the balloons were attached and I couldn't get through the door. And I didn't realize that had happened because I was still so drunk. So I was just like, why can't I go in the bathroom? And this was at Baltic, yep. which was Bad Dog Theater. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember. Literally. 10 minutes into my birthday party, passed out from being too drunk. That was my biggest fail. I or my biggest it. win. Well, it could have been both, you know? So, it was both. As Garth Brooks says, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, have to, you have to finish that. You have to finish that with a lyric, please. Not a lyric. No, it wasn't a lyric. It was a, a sentence he said with, uh, what is it, with great... Uh, uh, what was it? Are you like, going to say with great power comes great no! responsibility? Because that's not Garth Brooks. No, no. I, he was, I forget. I can't. We got to move on. I'll think about it. Okay. Question number two. If you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Seoul, Korea. Okay. Yes. Because we got to find BTS. Uh, I got to <laughs> find them. I got to find them and I got to sniff them. I bet you they smell like nice, expensive cologne. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Okay. Um, um, who's your, who has your favorite butt in the whole world? Jose Batista. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's it'll never not be. It's, it's so plump. good. It's a plump Because it's butt. attached to thighs that are the size of like a truck. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. I love that. Uh, okay. Oh. If you could only choose to watch the Blue Jays or the Raptors. Oh, no. Who would you choose? You know, it would have been different last year, but it's not the Raptors. Mm-hmm. I think the Raptors, they were just ahead of the game in terms of social responsibility. And that's yeah. what I fucking care about. I don't care about watching a bunch of rich white men hit a ball with a stupid piece of wood and scratch themselves. And then to be like homophobic or racist or playing the right way. Fuck you. Yeah. Give me the yeah. NBA, man. Yes, we love the Raptors. I love mm-hmm. the Raptors. They're so good. They're they even are. though they're not playing well, you, we still Oh. Uh, we're still here God. for them. I know there's a lot of people who are so upset by it, but I I just am grateful to watch anything new 
and yes. dynamic. So yes. I don't mind the losses. I sorry, everyone. I don't mind them. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. They're gonna lose yeah. sometimes. You know, yeah. whatever. Who cares? They could go we on like a huge them. winning streak. Yeah, yes. I'm your down. favorite raptor. Oh, obviously, Kyle. But that's just because Serge Ibaka is no longer with. I know. <laughs> but it'll you be Kyle. Love Ibaka, yeah. Kyle I Lowry. do, I do. But Lowry is like, he's MVP. He's gonna have a statue. Mm-hmm. Like he, he deserves a statue and a retired number. Yes, so. he's great. We love Kyle Lowry. I love him. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. Uh. What's my last question? It, we ask this every week. Okay. The party's over. Okay. Everybody's going home. Okay. Everyone had the best time. How do you want okay. people to remember you at the party? My outfit. <laughs> yes. And you I always debated. do. I feel it's... like you walk into a room. Your your New Year's. I was waiting for your New Year's Eve looks. I voted for twelve o'clock because I wanted it was, more. It was hard, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not doing twelve o'clock. And no matter what the outcome of this. <laughs> I'm not doing 12 different changes. Six was a lot. I'm glad I stuck to six. But like, I just love that that is an easy way for me to be political. Mm -hmm. Because I think when fat people show confidence and women of color show confidence, you don't have to say a fucking thing. People know what I'm about. People know what Mm -hmm. you're about. And I, I love that. It's the easiest way to get my message across of, hi, date me. Yes. Everyone date Ann Pornell. And where can Please. people find you to they date can, you? Oh, to find me to date me, you can go onto my Instagram at Glam Pornell. But if you slide into my DMs, I probably will not respond if I don't know who you are. Yes. Um, Unless you you're talking about BTS and we know that's the way to Ann's heart. Absolutely. Oh, yes, it is. Absolutely. Um, you can find me on TikTok now, also at Glam Pornell and Twitter mm-hmm. at Ann Pornell. But fuck Twitter. I hate it. <laughs> I want to get I off know. so bad, but I right know. now I just love all the photos of the Nazis and white supremacists getting caught at the airport. Like that is yeah. my favorite thing to look at on Twitter now. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch the video of the one that they set to the end of uh, Eric Clapton's Layla? <laughs> oh my God. No, I don't think I saw that one. I saw the one that was like, oh, I think it was parodying a movie, but I didn't watch the movie. So I couldn't get the reference, mm. but there's, no i think we're talking about the same one okay it was from goodfellas but it's like it's the end of it's the end part of layla from air clap and it's this beautiful piano it's so funny then yes i have watched that it's wonderful (laughs) yes everybody go watch it everybody follow Anne. and this was so lovely to just chat with you forever we gotta do this more often i know i know i'll be i'll be messaging you about bts asking questions so Please and give me your Garth Brooks album. I, I, I really want to watch it or listen to it. I mean, yes, Fresh Horses is my favorite. Fresh Horses. It's like his. It was the one that really skyrocketed him into fame. It's my favorite album. It's got Thunder Rolls, Friends in Low Places. It's got. It's got a good. It's a good album. <laughs> okay, and I'm gonna recommend to you Map of the Soul. Map of the Soul. You got it. I'm writing it down. I'm gonna look on my Spotify right now and get it. Map of it's, the Soul. Especially if you're looking for like, it's really up. It's it's great for just like playing in the background of like if you're doing chores because mm-hmm. it'll. It, there's so many bops. Is there's it, so many bops. Trish. Is it Map of the Soul Seven? Yes, okay, it is. That's perfect. the full album. I Here's the thing it about Korean music and K-pop 
is very like I'm trying to understand how they release music. It's it's its own thing, and I've decided I'm not going to get too far into it because I have to show some self-respect mm-hmm. and restraint. Of course, absolutely, you must, you must. Well, thank you for being here, Anne. I love seeing you. I love seeing and hearing you, Trish. Mwah. Mwah. And Pornell, everyone. Oh, my goodness. What a delightful human. I just adore her so much. That was so much fun. Uh, really brightened my spirits. It was so lovely. Uh, make sure uh, to check Anne out on all the social medias. Instagram at Glam Pornell. Twitter at Anne Pornell. And TikTok. Follow her on TikTok at Glam Pornell because the fashion is chef's kiss. Uh, If you want to follow me, you can look me up on Instagram and Twitter at it's underscore Trisha Black. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at the one more round at one more round podcast or on Twitter at the one more round. Uh, you know, if you're loving the pod, the best way to support is to uh, leave us a rating or a review to let the folks know that you're enjoying the pod. Or if you're one of my few subscribers, let let them know, you know, so they know uh, to, to listen and what you enjoy about the podcast. And if you hate it, tell your enemies. That's what I say every week. And uh, I'm hoping some enemies are listening. And if you are, welcome. It's nice to have you. Uh, <laughs> but I guess you might not know. You might think a friend was giving it. Anyway, we, we won't get too much into it. Give us a follow. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's lots of things going on. Uh, you know, I know there's a lot happening in the world. So thank you so much for listening and tuning in. I'm, I love this podcast so very much. And of course, no East Coast kitchen party is ever complete without a musical number to send folks off. And um, in uh, lieu of me speaking about Garth Brooks all podcasts uh here's a garth brooks song to say goodbye we'll see you next week looking back on the memory of the dance we shared beneath the stars above for a moment all the world was right how could i have known that you'd ever say goodbye and now I'm glad I didn't know the way it all would end the way it all would go there's our lives are better left to chance I could have missed the pain but I'd have had to miss everything for a moment wasn't I a king if I'd only known how the king would fall then who's to say you know I might have changed it all and now I'm glad I didn't know our lives are better left to chance I could have missed the pain but I'd have had to miss the pain
Yeah.